0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome
1: network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store
2: to make the switch today. Steve Rosenblum, Adam Stadzinski, on 670 the score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. There it is.
1: You know Shane Reardon doesn't like this song? I... I don't think he likes the Eagles. Don't care. Yeah. He, he, he's probably mm. channeling his
3: inner Big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. I hate the Eagles, man. <laughs> I hate the Eagles. <laughs> so, Jeff Bridges, and you you think some of that is so relaxed and ad lib the way a lot of movies are, mm. and you hear, like if you hear stories about Scorsese directing movies, the scene in Goodfellas where Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro and Ray Liotta are at
1: Joe Pesci's mom's house. Remember that? And We've had this conversation before, Rosie. I haven't seen Goodfellas. I've seen the beginning.
3: Have you seen Goodfellas, Tyler? You I
1: know, have not. Oh, my God. The movies he hasn't seen. Well, he's like 15, so it makes
3: sense. Yeah, but you're old enough to have seen Goodfellas. There's I, a scene I... where the three of them are there, and the woman, the mother, Joe Pesci's mom, is played by Martin Scorsese's mom in oh, this. Okay, and what he said was, "Here, just sit down and have a conversation," and they had ad, ad- libbed it, and so all of that scene is ad libbed, where he has to get the knife because they got to get the body and they all that. So, okay, if you do. A movie like The Big Lebowski, you read every single word as written. You do not ad lib. So they wrote, they wrote, I ain't the Eagles, man. <laughs> and Jeff Bridges had to say it, and he sold it, and it became meme-worthy. And one time, Jeff Bridges came face-to-face with Glenn Fry. Oh, no Way. Way. And he goes, "Yeah, that was a little awkward. I explained that were
1: word, my words. That was, yeah. <laughs> that was it, was it was written. That's what they were told me to read. That is fa- that, that that is fascinating that I I would have thought more of Big Lebowski was was improv. It seems that way. That's how good they are. That's and, how good they are. Well, it, yeah, it's just just the kind of movie it is. It's so goofy where you'd think they're sitting there trying different things and coming up with the stupidest possible like reaction, right? Right. But no, I, I did not know that. Yeah, I would, have, I would assume. I would assume it's like I'm, half improv. I'm the dude. This isn't Vietnam.
3: I'm, there are rules. This isn't. This is bowling. <laughs> this isn't Nam. There are rules.
1: Market Zero.
3: Creep can roll. You know what? The committed Indian. If you read the committed committed Indian, if you follow them on the Twitter machine that they used that line, and, and you really had to watch the movie. You had to know what because he was talking about the Jesus. Nobody bleeps with the Jesus. That was from, that was from The Big Lebowski, and they applied that when Patrick Kane would do wonderful things. Oh. Creep, creep can roll. That was... Oh, okay. Kudos <laughs> to the committed Indian. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. And by the way, Tyler, this is the American Thanksgiving, and we thought we don't want to bother people on Thanksgiving, on the American Thanksgiving. We don't want to bother Americans, but we bothered Mark Potash, and he was Potsey was good enough to come on. Mm-hmm. We bothered Mark Grody; he'll be good enough to come on at ten o'clock. But we were going to bother a Canadian. We thought we'd do an all Canadian show because Canadians they have their Thanksgiving in October, so they're available. This is just it's just
1: a day for them. Thursday. It's just a free day for them if you're living in America. Yeah. Right. If you're living in or if you're living in Canada,
3: it's just Thursday and that's what they that's what they do. So we were going to get Jonathan Jackson on to talk about an updated book, The Making of Slapshot, yet another movie Tyler hasn't seen. Did you see Slapshot? No. Don't hate me. How the hell do you guys produce at the score? How the (laughs) hell do you get in the door? It
1: slipped in under the, the test, I guess. I don't know. This is I, I don't awful. Know to tell you. There I should don't be
3: lore handed down. You should hey, This notice. isn't
1: even that bad. Have you seen the list of movies that Ryan Porth hasn't seen? Did you hear that segment we did on the Bernstein and Home show? No. Oh. But it's getting bad the way between the two of you, no good oh, his fellas, is, no slap shot. His, he, his is worse. Really? Porth's is worse. I'm telling you it's worse. How did he get in the door? Spilkis know. didn't know? I don't know. But the, I guess they lowered the standard on the test you have to pass to, to get in here. 630 Texture. By the way, our text number 312 644 6767
3: 630 texture. My score hostage wife heard your voice and thought it was Saturday.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it yes. Tends, tends <laughs> I was happen. waiting for that one.
3: What and do you mean it's not Saturday? Farmer Pat said <clears throat> there was a celebration out in 815 that a legal cannabis shop opened there, and we're happy for that.
1: We're oh really? For- just they just got one in the 815? I thought they would have had one out there. That's all the 815 is. They're all over the place. Yeah, it is. They're all over the city,
3: man.
2: Smoke weed every day. There it is.
3: So the, mm, the radio show you're listening to will end at 11. And after our show, it's the NFL Thanksgiving triple header. Packers at Lions. Commanders at Cowboys. Niners at Seahawks. Triple header coverage starts at 11 right here on 670 The Score. And the Odyssey app. Seven hundred eight happy sucks giving. Nothing quite captures the spirit
1: more than potsy floating the idea of another year of fluce there's all right, so that's a common theme amongst the beat reporters is none of them really seem to think that there's indication enough indications that Eber is going to get fired and i the counter argument to that has been you know what's Ryan Poles really going to say? And to pub- he's not going to publicly say, I don't support Matt Eberflus anymore. No, he's right? not going to bury a guy. Yeah. So there's, but it, it also hasn't, an, and, and Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles, uh, Peter Keane was talking about this yesterday. They're not the kind of guy, specifically Kevin Warren isn't the kind of guy that's going to leak something to Adam Schefter about Eberflus' job being in jeopardy. So we haven't got, but, but if you listened yesterday, the beat reporters are starting to get to that. They asked him about his own, if pressure. he feels pressure, yeah. not not Justin feels not. If he feels pressure to do something, so it. We're starting to get the hints of. Are you worried about your job? I think we're a couple bad losses away from that direct question. Um, maybe.
3: <clears throat> and I'm sure there'll be a gobbledygook answer because that's usually what we get.
1: Um. Uh. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. No. Yeah. And you know, it's the way we support do it. and it's just the way we do it. We can piece together that answer right now using what we have in this. <laughs> That'd be great. The, I had mentioned before
3: break, there's another area in which interim bears coach Matt Eberchoke uh, has failed his quarterback, has failed his offense, failed his precious defense, failed the team. The Bears don't have a signature play. Mm. They don't have a signature play. They can run for a yard or two yards that they know they're going to get it, that they know they're going to run it. You know, they're going to run it. They know you can't stop them. I mean, it's so like the Eagles with the
1: tush push the, the tush push. Yeah. yeah.
3: That play, we're going to run this. You know, it's coming. You cannot stop it. Nothing you can do about it. Luke Getzey. Where has he been? Where is that Matt Eberflus? Where is that thing? They don't have a signature play. And look at the way the game. Look at the situations. That fourth and one, most specifically. Mm-hmm. But when you need something, when you gotta have it play, they don't. He's had the same quarterback. He's had that guy. Had the same offensive coordinator. Maybe the offensive line changes, but you had a fullback in this offense.
0: Ebert it, choke you know, that has was,
3: not found a signature play, which fails his defense because they've got to get back
1: on the field when the offense can't convert. It fails his whole team, and yeah, I hate the lack of usage in some ways for Kari blasting game because he they don't often use him like they don't often enough line up in the I formation and just run power. Yep. Right, and, and they have, finally, they have the guys on this offensive line to be able to do that. And they don't do it near enough. That's what they should have done. Why do you think? I don't know. There's no, because Luke Getse, this is something that we've talked about with a lot of guests on this station about the, the idea that these guys get, they just don't want to do, they want to do the fancy thing. They don't want to do the boring, easy thing, if you will. Right, And this is something you look at throughout football history. Like Teams always, and, and guys are always looking for the next best thing rather than sticking to what actually works. And, and so this goes all the way back to the single wing offense. I'm reading this great book. Like, so the quick aside, I'm reading this great book that Lawrence gave to me about like the history of various types of offense and defenses. Really? And, and the first one is about the single wing. The single wing never really stopped working people just got bored of it. Really? And it still works in today's NFL. That's what wildcat is. That's what QB power is. Mm. It's the single wing, right? So that it's these offensive coordinators these days they always want to run like well we why the boring, they don't want to do the boring like let's just hand off power, you know, t- like 14 right or whatever. And they want to do well. Well, let's do the the. And I don't disagree with running the on the Europe. Bears' second down play, doing the read option, because at least that gives Justin Fields the chance of having the ball in his hands, right? But on that drive, the got to have a drive. What you're saying is like the play that they the, the 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 having a a play, your play that you can run that no one can stop. Yeah, they don't have that, mm-hmm. and it could be if they wanted it to be. Just line up in the I formation. We're gonna hand out to Khalil Herbert or Deontay Foreman or Roshan Johnson. All three of those guys can run for tough yards. We're gonna get behind Kari Blasting game and we're gonna run behind Tevin Jenkins. Or we're gonna run behind Nate Davis and Darnell Wright, who are both maulers on on especially in the run game. You kept screaming on Twitter to make my help make my point, but this
3: prior to this, run right, run right, stop against the Panthers. When it was right, when it was Jenkins and Wright. And there you go. That, that should be where your
1: signature that, that, play I, starts. I still get angry about that because you had, it's obvious. Everyone can see it. Everyone can see it watching at home. Everyone can see it re-watching the game. You can see it in real time that you're when you run to the right side, and it was the same thing for the game before that and the game before that, you run to the right side behind those two guys, they're going to get you the yards that you need. And what happened? The, the one drive that they finally decided, oh, well, yeah, we're going to run to the right side, they scored a touchdown. Their only touchdown in the game, right? Mm-hmm. And so now you still don't have... It's it's. This is the, my main criticism of Luke Getze, is he doesn't have the ability, seemingly, to figure out what is happening in front of him during the game. And this is a problem that Matt Nagy had, too. I think that Luke Getze is a better play caller than Matt Nagy, but it's a really low bar to clear I think, he can design, I think he can sequence plays better, but he still can't quite call the game that's in front of him. Right? Do you know why? Why? Because
3: both Nagy and Getzy are beholden to scheme. Mm. They can't coach the See, players I, in I, front I, of them. They can't coach the game in front of them,
1: the situation in front of them. It's right there. And this is that's a... That's the problem. It is a huge problem, but... Luke Getzy is better at actually bending his system to the will of his players, but the weird thing is he'll just stop doing it. Like, he'll have... Heck, in this last game, you saw evidence of it where, like, he'll have a series of plays that play off of one another, that all play to Justin Fields' strengths, and then it was, like, the next game... Or you go go back to the Washington game where two games in a row, basically, Denver, Washington, they called an offense that was working really well. They had movement. They had... They, the Washington game was simple. It was just throwing it at DJ Moore because they're covering him one-on-one for some reason. But they they had all these things that were working, and then against the Vikings, they just stopped doing it. It's like, okay, I'm going to go back to trying to do these things we were doing week one, which didn't work. And so that's the the maddening thing about Luke Getzi is he'll just stop doing the things that work. He'll show you, like, hey, yeah, I can I can bend my offense to what Justin Fields does really well. And then he'll just stop doing it. It's, the, again, it goes back to what we were talking about just a few minutes ago. It's like he gets bored. The Washington game was a really good example of coaching the game that's there. But then, like you said, where's this been? And I had said— Well, and that was, after, it, that was almost done for him because Justin Fields was just like, all right, they're, they're covering him one-on-one. Okay, fine. But Keep the, going at him. But the idea of coaching the
3: game and the player in front of him is not consistent. With this guy, maybe he gets bored. Maybe he thinks not he's smarter right. than the room. Maybe he's too clever by half, which was Neggie's problem. Is watch <laughs> how smart I can be and watch this neato thing I drew up on a cocktail napkin, and that's the kind of crap you're facing. I said on Saturday, Suckage last week when before Fields came back and looking back at Tyson Bajan's last game, and they moved the pocket, they mm-hmm. rolled him out, they had, they gave him. I said,
0: "Why is the Justin wouldn't Fields you?" Offense. Do? Yeah. yeah.
3: Why wouldn't you do but why wouldn't you do it more with Justin Fields? And why wouldn't that be a fourth down play? Why wouldn't that RPO? Why wouldn't that roll out? Put that ball in the hands of your best player and let him decide what to do. Plus, in this year it helps you decide, is he the guy I want making those
1: decisions? I'm just <laughs> it's well I, it's 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 maddening. Yeah. It it's is. truly maddening. It's not maddening. because it's maddening. Because in in you almost at I'm at this point surprised when Luke Etsy does the things that work two games in a row. So like I <laughs> like like when we when we when we watch the Vikings game Monday night, I'm gonna be a little surprised if they don't come out like they did against the Vikings the first game, which is empty formation in the first play of the game against a Blitz heavy team. Right? I, I hopefully they learned from that. Like, don't do that on the first play, because why would you do that? Because that goes that goes counter to all the things that Justin Fields does well, right? Well, maybe today on Thanksgiving when the Bears have the extra day, so they took Thanksgiving off. Maybe they to- are. I, I got this clarified actually. They they have walkthroughs today in a few meetings, yeah, so they're not they off it. off. And then they run away. So maybe this is the day they clear out all the stupid gas at a Hallis Hall. And <laughs> is that go, is they, that the problem that's been happening for the last 50 years? Uh-huh, is you, there a stupid gas leak? Yes, there is. This it is, used to this, be a Wrigley Field for the longest time. This, did you ever watch the show Community? Yeah. So there's like they make the joke about like the fourth season was like subpar so they they refer to it as the gas leak year. Ga- like that's <laughs> that's why things were so weird that one season. They say, "Oh yeah, it turns out there was a gas, gas leak, leak all over campus. So that's why everyone was stupid last year." <laughs> so is that the problem at Hall? There's a gas leak of Bro, some sort the longest time. We solved m- it. It's a Mick gas leak. All right, <laughs> right we're going to take
3: a break. Three one two six forty four. 6767 the number you can text us number you can call us a couple callers on the line we'll get to you Joe Emmett we'll get to you guys I did want to mention this because I was talking about Bears interim coach Matt Iberchoke and Scott Lindholm Scott from Davenport retweeted this I'd forgotten about it and I don't know who to credit the greatest Chiron graphic of all time there's Mark Tressman oh okay and the graphic says Mark Tressman and underneath it says, Bears head coach and in parentheses. for now. For now. That sounds, great. That, That's I, great. I I need to, I don't do you know who to credit? I have no idea. I this is the first time I've ever seen that one. It's outstanding. Okay. We'll take a break. We can come back with your phone calls. You can tell us who you who you want to fire and why and what do you want and good luck. 312 644 6767. You got the score.
0: You know, because they got grit, they're tough. You know, they're tough guys, right? You know, so tough physically and tough mentally. You know, and uh, they have that mindset. And uh, you know, they've had a lot of adversity. You know, we've had a lot of adversity as the Chicago Bears, and it's only going to make us tougher. And uh, to me, there's a lot of things you can build off of this 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 game right here, and really the last six weeks you can build off of. And uh, you know, we're we're going to look at it, we're going to get better from it, and then we're going to we're going to move on. 24 hour rule. We're going to move on to the next week.
2: Steve Rosenblum, Adam Stadzinski. On 670 the score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Interim Bears coach Matt Eberchoke. Do you realize the
3: studs, that you've won as many NFC North games as he has?
1: I never thought about that, but you're right. Yeah. Zero. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, I feel proud.
3: Congratulations, you should. Yeah, that's talk about adversity. He's 6 and twenty-two. The worst in a lot of ways. I,
1: you know, I, can we one hate was
3: by design. Can we? Okay, sorry. One, continue. One year. One year was by design. Yeah. Get yeah that. Okay. Much more was expected than three and seven, and two of those wins come with your backup quarterback, who is an undrafted free agent out of a division. II and score.
1: two of the losses come in games that you shouldn't have lost. That you've
3: choked in record ways. Yes. You've lost a twenty-one point lead at home. In the fourth quarter, and you lost a twelve-point lead in the last in less than five minutes against a division leader. Part of it was cowardice. Part
1: <laughs> of it was bad, just plain bad coaching, and not having your it's, well. That's bad coaching is not having your best players on the You're, field, right? The key or mode. a signature play, or a signature play. So, so happy yeah. sucks giving everybody. Yeah, welcome in the you know the signature play thing. I wanted to, to hang on this for just one more second before we take some phone calls. Mark Schlereth talked about that on on Monday with Dan and Lawrence. He said that, talked about the importance of having something you can, like, want, what do we do well? It's like, okay, we can run X play really well. Mm-hmm. So run it until someone stops. And this goes, again, back to what we were saying with Luke Getzi and, and too many modern offensive play callers is they're not willing to keep doing the thing that works. And keep and and make the other team stop you. Like like Philly with the with the brotherly shove. Like they're not gonna stop running that until somebody figures out how to stop it. And why should they? But not enough people understand that like everyone should be running that play. Mm -hmm. Everyone. And they don't because for inexplicable reasons. So anyway, back to what Mark Slareth was saying. He said Not only does that help to know that, yeah, we know we can do this really well, it helps you mentally during the game. He talked about how, like, I think, you know, I think it was probably with Denver, I'm guessing, I'm assuming, one of the good teams they had. And he always knew that in got to have it one yard situations, it's going to be one of three plays coming into the huddle. Mm -hmm. It's going to be QB sneak, it was going to be whatever power or one other play. He's like, we knew it was going to be one of those three plays. And that, like, he's like, I knew it. He's like, we didn't even have to huddle. Like it's gonna be one of those three plays. We might even call it at the line. <laughs> and so like and he's like that, like you just knew. And that helps you a lot during the game. It's like, yeah, we know we're gonna run one of the one of these three plays. They can't stop it. We're gonna get the first down and keep moving. It helps if your quarterback is John Elway and your running back is Terrell Davis. Oh, well, of course. Yeah. Yeah.
3: They have some good teams. Yeah. But point is signature play, there's nothing Matt Eberchoke has failed the Bears interim coach. By the way, I'm still I keep coming back to the idea of walking in with a couple ribeyes <laughs> and my Say, cast um, iron pan. Okay. I'm going to make it, six. Is that cool? <laughs> yeah. I just make my my entree. I'll have right. your sides.
1: Yeah.
3: Oh, that would be hysterical.
1: And I, I, I love think, it. And I like the idea
3: I of think Megan and Eric would get the joke if I did that tonight. Do it. Oh, I Test love
1: it. What are they going to do? Kick you out? They're yeah, really they your do, I, I got like, my steaks. I'm yeah, ready to yeah, go. Right. You just go back home. And- <laughs> I just got to find fire. And you got the wine, too. So you take that with you. Yeah, like, it's like either right. I'm cooking the steak here and you get the wine or I take everything and leave. Neener, neener, neener. <laughs> All right. We're playing Thanksgiving, a hostage
3: crisis. 312-644-6767 is the number. Joe from Chicago, welcome to The Score. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, when's the last time they had a, a play, a bread and butter play when Walter Payton played? I mean, it's been a long time. Uh, and I, I don't know why everybody's so upset about this year. I'm thrilled to death. They'd, they'd have years where they'd be 3-10 and 10 and they'd win two of their last three games to ruin their draft pick like I care. If you're going to do it, do it all the way. I, I think people thought that about last year. I thought that about this year too. And when this head coach goes, by the way, the common denominator of the last forty years is the ownership group. So everybody on the score likes to say, Oh, when you say they're cheap, they can't be cheap in the modern NFL. I think there's always been one place where they still can be cheap. Show me you're gonna spend the money on the coaches because you're you're under no obligation to spend big money on the coaches. Do what the Cubs just did and spend money on the right coach, finally. I you know All what right. I don't I don't think money's an issue with the right it's coach. Not.
1: It's not finding the right coach, the the Bears the idea, real quick, the the, the, the idea that M- the McCaskies aren't willing to spend money is false. Right. They've spent it. Yeah. So that's just, like, you can look. They've given big contracts when they've, when they've needed to. They've renovated Hollis Hall. Like, they spending money is not the issue for McCaskies. Institutional knowledge of the NFL is that the is, issue. Yes. And you they, know what?
3: For as long as they've been around and as much as George McCaskey loves embracing that whole they have History. failed miserably at the institutional knowledge of the league they embrace and love and want to prop up as their. It's our
1: foundation. And they're awful. They they've relied on the the, tradi- the the past traditions as their foundation, which you know what they can do that if they want to do that, that's fine. But you need to have the people inside the building running your team that aren't relying on that, which is what Kevin Warren's job supposedly is, and that's like like. You keep coming back to this Kevin Warren thing. Like him being here means that we can't necessarily think about past decisions going the way going that way again, right? The past decisions are like like keeping Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace and running it back with them because we don't know how Kevin Warren thinks. We don't know what he really thinks about Ryan Poles or Matt Eberflus. You know what the problem is? He was hired by George McCaskey, right?
3: Some guy who but, hired
1: Ryan Pace, but. And Phil but Emory. this is an actual guy, you know. Like this guy has maybe has, this guy has real success at multiple things at multiple different levels around various different football institutions. We don't know how smothering the the McCaskey environment could be, or as a texture said, the <laughs> McGasley, the McGastleaks. yeah. And, and maybe it's entirely possible he catches the Bears stupid. And so, real quick, I want to go back to something that the the caller mentioned about like. Like, he's thrilled with this year, and he doesn't know why people are upset with this year. So here's here's the reason that Here, people... Here, Meatball's going to tell you. I'll tell you why it's upsetting. It's because last year, the fan base, and even the media to a large extent, saw what they were doing, right? got on board with it. Said, all right, fine. You want to lose 10 games in a row. You want to trade your best player. The goal is to get the top pick in the draft. And this team needed a reset. They, need, they needed to shed salary. They needed to get rid of all the dead money that Ryan Pace left on... On the on the salary cap, fine, go for it. And everyone, like everyone, just kind of shrugged off a ten game losing streak, which was the 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 longest losing streak in team history. Is the 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 losingest season in the one hundred and eight year history or whatever it is now of the more China history Bears. for Matt right? Eberchoke. With the idea being that okay, now things are going to get better, and this season is not about this season was not supposed to be about getting the first pick in the draft again. You you have Carolina doing that for you. You don't need to worry about that. So this this season was supposed to be about, be about showing improvement, about Justin Fields showing consistency, seeing what you really have in him, about the coaching staff getting better at their jobs, which they haven't done. And that's holding the team back quite a bit. Like We can see the talent on the field, but they're not winning because the coaching staff is largely stupid. And so that's why it's frustrating because this year wasn't supposed to be about losing again. Like we all put up with that. It's like, okay, we put up with that. Now here's the reward. Mm-hmm. Like the rewards gotta start coming. And no one I think was really like realistic expectations for this year were seven to nine wins, six to nine wins, we'll say. Because the division was eminently winnable. You didn't really believe in Detroit. You knew Green Bay would
3: be worse. You didn't know how much because Rodgers was gone. Right. And Minnesota wasn't going to win all those
1: one score games. Suddenly it was like, we can look at this optimistically. There was a real route to being at least second place in the division. And it's a weak schedule overall. And they still haven't won a division game. They still, and yeah, you still haven't won a division game. You're
3: you're tied with with Matt Eberchoke. In NFC North wins. Congratulations, studs. Thank you. I'll take my reward somewhere.
1: You know, like, Matt Nagy, it turns out, wasn't a good head coach, but he was pretty good in the division for his first three years. He wasn't good against Green Bay, but Mm -hmm. first three years, he killed Minnesota. He dominated. Detroit was bad, so it was kind of free wins anyway. And they ran man defense against Mitch, which he can handle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how bad Matt Ebertroke is? If you look at the career record, the way
3: there's so many games where Jared Goff just got devoured by Bears, good, bad, whatever. Jared yeah, on, Goff just... On different teams. Yeah. And he's he is having a bad game. And then he's the one saying, yeah, we knew they were going to let us back in. They made a decision to kick a field goal. They were going to let us back in and they knew what was coming. Right. And there's a 75-yard drive in 76 seconds, and where's your defensive coordinator, head coach? And, he, and, know, and then there's a 124-second drive, and now you got your and he, ass beat. And he lost his
1: aggressiveness, too. Prior to those last two drives, uh-huh. he was bringing heat a little bit. I think they only blitzed two times on those last two possessions, and one of them was a delayed blitz, so it doesn't really count. And throughout that game, you were showing the ability to speed up Jared Goff's processing and he was playing poorly because of it. Emmett from Nashville, you're on the score. Happy
3: Thanksgiving. Nashville, look at you. Yeah
5: man, Music City, man. Les Rossing used to always say Music City. Music. Um,
3: music City. And did do you see any bulls down there with a the Kumbaya? Did you see them? Were they <laughs> were they were they, <laughs> nah, I'm were they walking, the, walking we're through
5: we're the streets?
3: Yeah, were they face down at, yeah, face down at Tootsie's? Hey. Were they on the floor at Tootsie's?
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, I got a question for you, uh, Steve. I like your humor. It's deadpan, acerbic a little bit, but I dig it. Now, we talked about the futility of the Bears, and I could also compare it with the White Sox. Bears and the White Sox were, you know, the Bears historically were always innovators. You talked about the wing T earlier, but the T formation, they made a song about that. There was always innovators, the linebacker position with Bill George. They were innovators. And then all of a sudden, you know, it started to degrade a little bit when Papa Bear, you know, as older he got, you know. But when he passed away or when he was on his, you know, his last wishes was to get Mike Dick in there and you had Jim Fink's. White Sox were also innovators during the '80s. They had a little-known utility infielder Tony La Russa. made him a manager, Jim Leyland, and all those guys. And then they was at the forefront. Charlie Lau with the hitting stroke, the one hand off the bat. You know that sustained them for a while. So what's what's the common denominator? Common denominator of of all of this, I think, is just you got to have competent people at the top pulling the strings. Maybe Roland Heeman was that guy with the Sox back then. Maybe Jim Finks, Mike Dicka, um, a couple other general managers, Jer- Bill Tobin kept it going. So, uh, you know, I'm looking at the the McCaskies just didn't pick the right people, man. I mean, they relied on Eddie or Corsi or whatever. And I think that's that's the flips of the problem.
3: It is. Emmett, you have a good Thanksgiving. Thanks for calling in from Nashville. You got better things to do than call, than, than worry about the Bears. If you're in Nashville, it's far more. But that's exactly the point you were getting to is hire the right people. Mm-hmm. And the Bears have such a lack of institutional knowledge, they had to use a search firm. The, the, and, the, and the search firm <laughs> Ernie, actually...
1: Ernie Accorsi's... No, and Ernie of okay.
3: was something separate and whatever that woodland creature was on his head, <laughs> his head yeah. And the search firm yielded Jerry Angelo. Which mm-hmm. if you trade if you connect the dots you go wait. You needed a search firm cuz this is when Tampa was in the NFC when they were in the NFC Central. Yes. And they were the best team and you look at you look at the Bears and go you needed a search firm to tell you hire the personnel guy from the best team in the division. That's what they did. And the bears paid money. They, they have such a lack of institutional knowledge. They don't even know who to hire to hire. That's where they are. (laughs) We got to take a break. We'll come back. We got more of your phone calls. 312-644-6767. Steve Rosenblum, Adam Studzinski, Hello. thank you for joining us on Giving. It really will be Sucksgiving at the top of the hour. Oh, Adam. yes. Mark Rody will be here. We'll talk Bears. S- Suckers reunion. Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score.
0: I'm Sandra,
4: and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
0: With those guys because there was a lot of good football. Justin Fields came back, you know, from injury. Thought he played really well, ran the ball nice. Um, I thought when he did scramble, um, he avoided sacks, um, you know, most of the time. And I know we had two. And he did a really good job of, of looking downfield, hitting some side pockets, hitting some things down the field. And I think that's growth um, there with him.
2: Steve Rosenblum, Adam Studzinski on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station.
3: Hey, I know those guys. You're one of them. Hey. He's Trash Panda. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Welcome in. What Two else is Sucksgiving? It'll really be Thanksgiving top of the hour. We'll talk Bears. My bears. friend. Bears. With Mark Grody. He covers the Bears for the score. And we're talking Bears. Talking with you. 312-644-6767. Here's Mark from South Bend. Mark, Happy Thanksgiving. Welcome to the score. Happy
6: Thanksgiving, uh... Steve and Adam and uh, Rick Camp, your uh, screen caller uh, engineer. Rick, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's definitely Rick so,
1: Camp. He's, he's totally not. It's actually not like Tyler Ferringle,
6: but
3: he does sound like Rick Camp. I can there's,
6: see.
1: It. Yeah, there's there's an audio match. There's story. a voice twin in there.
6: Uh, Steve, you're so right about Uh He didn't have the team ready to start the first game of the year, there were no barring injuries or nothing. They're at home against Green Bay on a beautiful Sunday. And they look like they were the visiting team. And they were flat. And, and like you said, he choked the 21-point lead against Denver. He choked last week. He went into prevent defense. He's supposed to be this a defensive guru. And he didn't, he didn't put any uh, potential into his defensive players that, that the defense has improved. He, he lost the third game. And I have a sad feeling that with the defense improvement and Justin healthy and playing better and the team overall playing better, if they finish three and three, that uh, Ryan Poles might not have the trigger to fire the guy. And I'm very afraid of that. I hope I'm wrong, but that's the way I see it. Well,
3: you're not alone in that. Mark, thanks for the call. Have a good holiday. You're not alone in that. We heard from Mark Potash
1: earlier. Use, use improvement against bad teams to to, to justify keeping him around. Yeah. If you that. if you don't beat a good team, you don't win it. If they
3: beat Green Bay, that's a divisional
1: win. Mercy. Yeah. Finally.
3: But hey, they're not, look.
1: But they're not good. You know, it wouldn't be the same as... It, it, look, don't, don't get me wrong. Like as a fan, it would be great to beat Green Bay the last game of the season because it hasn't happened in a few years. You meatballs right? will love it. Yes, exactly. But it's not as if you're looking at it from a you know, as a team making progress point of view. That Green Bay, t- Green Bay team isn't any good. Mm-hmm. There's not. The quarterback is mediocre at best. It's not Aaron Rodgers. Like it doesn't mean as much. It beating them doesn't mean as much as far as how good your team is as it did last year or the year before or the year before the last 20 years. Right? Well that'll
3: give you a feeling of what it's like to be to have been a Packer fan. where beating the Bears doesn't mean much.
1: Exactly. cuz they suck <laughs> or they'll find a way to beat themselves. Right. And so it it wouldn't it shouldn't move the needle as much if you're just observing from the front office or from the outside. And, and you know like beating the Cardinals what, like, that wouldn't mean anything. They don't have a quarterback. Or, well, no, sorry, they do now with Kyler Murray, but the team's not any good.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And let's say they beat the Browns and you could use that as a 10-pole win, but they don't have a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Then, so it just, the only win left on the schedule that would actually move the needle and show you genuine progress would be if they beat Detroit when they, when Detroit comes here. But you had a chance to do that already. In their... In their place. Yep. You, like, you were up there, and for 55 minutes, I'm sitting there thinking, like, this is the kind of win I was looking for coming into the season. Like, the kind of win, like, doesn't necessarily have to be on the road, but beat a good team and show, show me, show everyone what this team is building to. Like, show them, hey, this is what this team can be when, when everything gets in place. Like, they can beat good teams on the road. And... As underdogs, right? And, and and you see, okay, this defense is, is damn near ready. the And the quarterback's coming along. And you can see from where they are a, an actual good team. And then the last five minutes happen.
3: Yes. <laughs> and that's part of their DNA. That's what Matt Eberchoke is all about. John from Dallas. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Hey, guys. Happy
2: Thanksgiving. You all should listen. Two, three quick points. First of all, I would fire the coach and the offensive coordinator. If the Bears got any wisdom at all, you hire Jim Harbaugh, And not only that, with the first draft pick, you do not pick a quarterback. You trade that pick for another haul of first-round picks. And then on top of that, you get that wide receiver. And then on that, you build an offensive line, and you build your defensive line. Get them straight, and you, you draft a later quarterback and mend him with the other bag of quarterbacks. My last point, there's a movie called Legend of Falls. At the end, the guy cuts out, dies in his grizzly bear arm with his heart, cutting out the bear heart. The bears have cut my heart out with these <laughs> two losses. And I'm laying on the operating table with a cheese heart next to me and a, my, my regular heart. Now, tell me which one do I stitch back in? I I would,
0: I would <laughs> say
3: get a good cheese tray for Thanksgiving, okay? How about that, John? That was
1: great. There we go. Thanks a lot, John. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. I think John was an overnight. That'd yeah, be, I recognize John. He was one of the overnight callers, and I would do that every now and then. Yeah? Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. I like good. John. We appreciate You He that. calling at like four in the yeah. morning
3: or so? Every place, we're calls from places that are warmer than. it.
1: It's not that bad right now. Was it going to be well, in the 40s today? We're in a today? warm studio that's 70 degrees. Well, no, but, but today, like, it was, I went 44. for a run. I went for a run this morning, it was 35 degrees out. Oh, it's not that bad? It's not that bad at all. Steve, how long have you been living in Illinois? Right, don't get old. That's all I can tell you. How long you been get, living in Illinois? 30 years. Yeah. yeah. So you
3: should be used to this. Okay. I know you grew up in California, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, now, I can 30 just years. warm
3: during the day. I will. However, I will have a cigar no matter what the weather's like. I will bundle up however many layers it takes. I'll have that outside. But Wow. Couldn't be. You know, Dallas, warmer, Tucson, Arizona, warmer. Maybe National that's why war? Michael uh, George McCaskey talks to Michael Bidwell. Remember when he said that? He said, "Like who do you? Oh, he he was to, asked yeah. who do
1: you get yeah. advice from? And what? What reason oh, do they have to help you, man? But look unless they take pay on you, to.
3: Look who you're talking to, Michael Bidwell. Yeah, it's not what crazy. count the Super Bowls as just all right. <clears throat> See, you asked about the stupid gas. It's a gas leak." <laughs> We'll take a break. When we come back, it will be a Sucksgiving reunion. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Trash Panda. Adam Stodzinski. We are The Score. Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score.
4: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.